The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... Would you give an eye tooth to be able to see? Meet a lady who did on ACB Reports for March 2010. But first... While there was snow in 49 of the 50 states, Lynn Cooper was busy assembling this report about spring and summer fashions for ladies. Here's Lynn Cooper from the Mirrors Project. Welcome, listeners, and here we are already, if you can believe it, looking at spring and summer 2010 runway trends. We are about to uh, have spring sprung on us. And with that in mind, the stores are now filling with some spring looks. Of course, as, as you mentioned earlier, Mike, I'm looking out of my window and seeing seven inches of snow on the ledges of the buildings across the street. So we are um, having to use our imaginations in some cases. We're going to be looking at some top trends. Once again, these are off the runways. These are not things that we are suggesting you rush out and buy, but it's always a good idea not only to be informed, but also to incorporate at least a little piece of these, whichever piece feels right, so that we are trend conscious. Uh, carryovers, Mike. Exaggerated shoulder pads. Last year we found designers going way back to the uh, Dynasty TV show of the 80s, but uh, not so much uh, exaggerated to that extent, but yet a little bit um, of a shoulder pad. Return to makeup. Sounds crazy, but we had a natural look for a while, and now we're seeing a little bit more makeup, like, oh, yes, we're actually wearing makeup. And then short Short, short, short. Once again, we have to consider not only appropriateness, the situation, and then, of course, our age appropriateness when we decide what to wear here. When I went through about five feet worth of magazines and scanned the web and talked to my friends in the fashion industry, the main theme is pretty. It sounds kind of basic, but it's a welcome escape from the rock, chic, black of fall and winter. And usually in spring and summer, we see brighter colors. But as British folks said, uh, it was a rock chic black of fall and winter. And now we're seeing pretty. It's a very girly, girly look done in a womanly way and in an avant-garde way for all ages, really, and all tastes. Top trends, Mike. Number one is utility wear. Now, this is not anything new. Some would call it safari wear, utility wear, meaning um, lots of pockets, like the safari jacket, safari meaning. And when I was on a safari, I really did wear a safari jacket and fully understood why it is called that. Lots of pockets, pockets for cameras, pockets for film, pockets for this, that, and the other thing. Along with that, we are seeing mini trench coats, often um, in the khaki color, just cut off, just done short, belted. As I said, the safari jackets, military jackets, and those are slouchy or fitted. Oversized is big. You can push up the sleeves. Cargo pants, cargo meaning lots of pockets and what have you, and T-shirts in tan, olive, khaki, gray can easily be worked with uh, jeans, other, other pieces. This is a more of a casual look. It can be, depending on the fabric and the cut, be worn for career. But it is definitely one of the biggest looks. 
And uh, a tip, Mike, of course, which we've shared before, Army-Navy surplus stores are a great place to hit this with our human mirrors because we want to make sure we're buying an appropriate piece. And we want to pay also, Mike, when we're looking at these light colors, this is tans and khaki, olive green, you know, on the lighter side, we have to pay special attention to stains on these light fabrics where just natural stains occurring where our sleeves rub up against uh, the desk or what have you. And uh, as a result, we want to go for the darker shades, maybe the olive greens, the darker khakis. And also, these are pieces are nice because they're versatile. They're a really good investment with the uh, low cost per wear uh, ratio, if you will, can easily be mixed and matched. They're worn with combat boots. Even some updated high heel combat boots are being shown and belted, which is really kind of fun. Take one of these, even if it's slouchy, get a little narrow leather belt from your closet and throw it on over it. Uh, brown over these khakis is best. Then we have a trend which I'm referring to as the fairy tale, bye-bye black, the fairy tale trend. And it is, as you can imagine, for spring and summer, pastels. And that is just a hint of color tint in a white. Soft light blue, soft pink, soft yellow, soft lilac, just a hint of color. They do send a message of very girly, so if we're looking to be in a corporate setting or we want to be on an interview and to project power, not so good. Sheer, a lot of ruffles, very girly, as I said earlier, feminine, short. Oh, my goodness, short, short, short. Once again, down the runway. Think cotton candy. Uh, sheer legs and hose. And if one is wearing these pastels, either a sheer hose nude or with just a hint of the color. Gathers, draping, off shoulders or one shoulders very big with draping. Uh, we want to keep the shoes and accessories light too. Not black if we can avoid it. More sophisticated, powerful, and mature in clean lines and simple cuts is also shown in these pastel colors. And the soft pastels, as I mentioned, uh, they really do add youth and innocence. And it's easy to be overlooked in these colors, so we really do need to consider not only our age appropriateness, but the career and situational appropriateness. It's that big A again. The next trend is the notice me prints, and I think there's always a reaction. Yes, we have this sort of soft pastel thing going on, and then we have the designer saying, hey, but there's women who want to be noticed. Vivid florals splashy geometrics, jazzy abstracts, and strong colors and patterns. And the real big look, thanks to the computer technology in designing not only clothing but fabrics, is digitally manipulated prints. So you can take prints and manipulate them on the computer and then have that uh, translated into fabrics. Again, very, very, very short. Once again, some have theorized, and it tends to be, as I look over the past 30, 40, 50 years, reflective of economic trends. The tougher the economic times, the shorter the hemlines. Consider this look with these Notice Me prints in small doses being best. Example, a top, a shell, a blouse, to avoid being overwhelmed by these big prints. Oftentimes, the louder the print, the busier the print, the brighter the colors, the more of a statement we're making. 
so we don't want to have those on garments that are too busy, that there's too much uh, going on. We want to keep them to a clean line. Very simple. Another big look is embellished. We're seeing, oh my goodness, from handbags to uh, tops, skirts, pants, sequins, beadwork, crystals, really glommed on, metallic studs. And the showstoppers with dresses, sweaters, pants, and accessories. We even saw glass, plastic, or real crystals covering an entire garment and an entire handbag. Once again, these are runway pieces. These pieces are great for accent pieces, you know, a clutch, a scarf with a little beading on it or something. But avoid investing, is my suggestion, in these, as the cost per wear is high, meaning, you know, you spend $100, you're not going to be wearing that 100 times, chances are. Avoid a lot of fussy detailing, as it's hard to maintain, easily damaged, and if one is blind or visually impaired, it's difficult to notice damage, Mike. And if you have a row of beads, for instance, if some of those fall off, it's going to be easily noticed and it will really damage the look of the garment and we may never be aware of it. Another big trend is the athletic trend. Once again, I'm not sure this is going to catch on, but I don't mean to editorialize. High-tech athletic fabrics are being brought to dresses. They are very short and very tight, and they're being done in a fabric called neoprene, N-E-O-P-R-E-N-E, that actually is used for scuba gear. Very form-fitting and snug, as I said, very short, simple lines, often over leggings, very, very trendy, really best for very young, and it shows every extra bagel we've eaten, so we have to be careful. And once again, as with any trend, we have to consider appropriateness. And if we want to be very playful and can find these in a price point that we can play with, great. Another real big look is tribal. None of these looks are brand new. Some say there are no new looks, just reinterpreted ones, and this may be one of them. It's a tribal look, animal prints. African tribal geometric prints, bright colors. Think the colors of a sunset. Those are orange, gold, brown, red, green, and dark, luscious uh, tones. Used as accents and in entire outfits, and a lot of wovens worn with braided leather sandals, either high or low heels, or those espadrilles that we talked about for men. It's great. Tips as an accent. Pier 1, the store, P-I-E-R, and then 1, O-N-E, imports a lot of African, Indian, and third world pieces, often hand-done. And it's a great place to buy these accent pieces because they're not terribly expensive. Uh, bangle bracelets, for instance, you can buy a, a load of them and really stack up and you know wear three or four inches deep with your outfit on your wrist and not uh, break the bank. Brightly colored woven tote from a Mexican bazaar. Go to a, a Mexican neighborhood. Go to the little bodega and uh, find something. You can spend just a few dollars and have your little ethnic piece, uh, really a colorful piece thrown into your wardrobe for next to no money. And as always, for all of this, hit resale, secondhand, and Salvation Army shops. But do so with your human mirror to make sure that the pieces are not stained. If they are damaged, they can easily be repaired. The top color off the runway for spring and summer of 2010 is red, and they're calling it vermilion, which is a little deeper red, a little more like blood. 
as a tip, don't attempt to match reds. Never a good idea. Best to pair with black, ivory, jeans. We want to keep it simple. Always consider the color psychology impact of the color and its appropriateness for the situation. As we remember in the past, we learned that dark colors give us more power, tend to be more serious, and these bright colors like red, bright red, of course, being the most attention-getting color. So we have to be concerned, and that's where it's a good idea to um, be aware, but also to get our human mirror involved. And then we have what's known as the underwear look. Mm -hmm. That is truly where designers are pushing the envelope, and they are showing what looks like 1940s lingerie in dresses themselves, but also underpinnings under sheer. We're seeing lots of lace, and then, as I mentioned, shears over this lingerie-like underpinnings. Tip, wear a cardigan, you know, if you have something that looks like a slip dress. Great to wear a thin, sheer cardigan with a belt over the piece, showing just a hint of the lace through. And, of course, like any of these uh, trendy looks, use sparingly. And shorts actual shorts. Those would be to the knees, but primarily they are being shown mid-thigh. They're cuffed, loose, some snug, and once again, this is trendy, but this is a big look on the runway. And what I guess, Mike, is that once it is delivered to the stores, it will be reinterpreted for real women. Uh, Skirt cuts are full all the way over to the pencil, which is very narrow to the knees. Pants we're seeing all over the place, from a pencil cut, again, very narrow, to wide, slouchy with a paper bag waist. And a paper bag waist means it's usually a kind of a takeoff on a menswear look. It looks about two sizes too big. Then the waist is up about three inches off of a gathered waistband with a belt or actually a rope. That is a paper bag waist. In shoes, we're seeing platforms, and that is about an inch usually built into either visible under the front of the shoe, and that allows you to walk on a higher heel more easily, or in some cases, like Christian Louboutin, big name in shoes, is actually covering the shoe so it's hidden. For our shorter listeners, that is a nice way to get some height. High, high heels, Mike, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, are still big. Many, many straps. We're seeing wedges, again, with rope uh, and, and leather covering. Ankle straps are very, very big on shoes. And we're even seeing booties, high heel booties, like we are seeing for fall and, and winter, but with a peep toe, which means just the toe is cut open so we have our toes coming through. So we have to pay attention if we wear those to our pedicures. And ribbon ties at the ankle. Hemlines, Mike, to the knee or the very, very short mini. Once again, consider that big A appropriateness. Shoulders are a wider, a bit exaggerated, not that kind of crazy return to the 80s, real strong and cartoony. Hose, we're seeing nude, never suntan, remember, ladies, or the smallest hint of the sheer pastel worn with pastel clothing. Hair, no bangs, really, in all of the runway fashion shows, and I looked at a lot. It's either long, soft curls with a center part or a side part or pulled back, sleek, tight off the face. And pretty much follow the style of the clothing. The more dramatic, sharp lines of your clothing, 
that would be when you would pull the hair back. Makeup, soft lips and eyes and cheeks, and the one place we saw color, bright red lips and the bold colors done in lips for impact. So a little bit more makeup, not so much the appearance of not wearing makeup, which we saw a few years ago. Belt, wide, all the way to very thin, as we mentioned, over the jackets, really popular, over a cardigan. Uh, I know Michelle Obama likes to rock these a lot, so that's a, a place to look. Leather, uh, shorn, worn over jackets, as I said, dresses, buckled, tied even, especially over tribal and those utility safari jacket looks. In handbags, Mike, the big look is clutches, either with a little wristlet strap, clutches, totes, small and large, and bucket-shaped satchels, fringed bags, of course, that whole ethnic tribal look, beaded, woven, um, not so much over one shoulder, messenger bags, real big again, worn over the body in that bandolero style, and jewelry, Mike, really stuck out to me because aside from the big bangle bracelets and that whole ethnic look, it was hard to find a pair of earrings on the runway. So I think what that says to me is the clothing is speaking for itself. So that just happens to be the trend in jewelry for women this spring and summer. So there we have it. Ladies, take what you will, be informed as always, and enjoy. Maybe talking about spring and summer fashions will make the weather be warmer and drier soon for many of us. It is understood that the search is on for the person or persons who moved the North Pole too far south. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. Sharon Thornton lives in Smithdale, Mississippi and lost her sight about nine years ago. Shortly over a year ago, a process began which produced amazing results. Ms. Thornton spoke with Karen Brown, the host of Mississippi Edition, a daily news program aired on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, for which the host of this program is also employed. The following segment of Mississippi Edition from November 2009 is used with permission. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Edition. Modified osteoodontokeratoprothesis, or M-O-O-K-P, is used when corneal scarring is so severe it blocks vision in an eye. The procedure has only been performed 600 times across the world, around the world, and only once in the United States. And that one time in the U.S. just happened to be on Smithdale, Mississippi resident Sharon K. Thornton. She joins us now to talk about the procedure that literally gave her the will to live. Good morning, Ms. Thornton. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you. Good morning. I have to ask the first question, which I know everybody wants to know the answer to. When someone told you they were going to take a tooth and put it in your eye so that you could see, what was your reaction? Uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was so uh, unreal. Uh, well, mine was, you're going to take a tooth and put it where? <laughs> I mean, you know, I couldn't believe it. Was it important that it had to be your tooth and not someone else's tooth? Yes, it had to be mine. Um, they, uh, because I won't reject it. You know, you don't really reject your own body part. And uh, they use an eye tooth. And um, 
they go up, they take two teeth out. So they'll have a hole big enough to go up into to take the nerve and the, and some bone and uh, skin. And uh, then they will shape the tooth down and put the lens, insert the lens in the tooth and then put it under your skin and let it form around the lens. It'll, <clears throat> excuse me, it'll keep growing or closing up around the lens to, uh, to hold the lens in place. How long does that procedure take? Uh, they will put it in, uh, under your skin for three months. Mine stayed five months because I had, uh, I had a bad sinus infection. And we had to go through a, a extra two surgeries to get that cleared up. So it had to stay longer, but normally three months. Explain the condition that makes it possible for your tooth to work as the device now that you see through. Um, I mean, it, it, is this a specific condition that, that this is the only treatment for that allowed you to see again? Well, I had Stephen Johnson syndrome. And I had a lot of scarring, uh, which made me go blind. Uh, and that is the real um, surgery, that uh, condition that they do this surgery for, are burned. Uh, like the troops get burned. Um, and, and, uh, and with this condition, you also lost your hair and your nails and even your skin? Yes, yes. Have I you been treated I- for those Symptoms. Yes, I lost ninety five percent of my skin inside and out, and all my hair, uh, except just a little bit around the nap of my neck. I didn't lose that, but all my toenails and fingernails, and yeah, it. Um, they say I really went through a lot of. Do you? Rem- I assume you were hospitalized during this, or is that? Yes. A- yes. Because you would be vulnerable to infection, right? Yeah, I was in uh, ICU sixty two days. And it was during this time in the hospital that they began the uh, the tooth preparation. Oh no, no, that was um, uh, well, might as well say nine years later. Uh, ah. yeah. Because you went through a very rough time personally, did you yes. not? Yes. Talk yeah. about that and the despair that you felt over over this condition and this syndrome. <laughs> it was it was bad. Um, uh, after. Uh, 51 years of doing, you know, seeing and doing um, your own thing, being very independent, uh, and then you're having to depend on people to take care of you. But I, I never said I would be blind. I never gave up. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't admit that I was blind. I tried to do what I could do, and but it was. Um, Every time we would come back from a doctor, uh, we would get the answer, no, we cannot help you. And uh, it was very depressing. And, yeah, I did. I, I'll admit it. I have admitted it. I did consider suicide. Um, but uh, with the grace of God, that horrible thought got out of my mind. And um, I just kept fighting and fighting. And uh, my daughter, Nolana Griffin, got on the Internet and found uh, Dr. C. at the Boscombe Palmer Institute in Miami. And we went down to see him, and uh, he couldn't help us because he was a 
an eyelid reconstructive doctor, and he took us down to see Dr. Sonia Yu. And she only worked on my right eye. She put stem cells in around the cornea. And it helped some uh, as much as it could because, like I said, my eyes are, were very, very scarred. And I could see only light. Could tell a little color if it was really bright colors. Uh, no face. I couldn't tell who was who. And... um so when she could do all she could do, she took us to see Dr. Perez, and that's who finally did my surgery. But he only he left the right eye alone, and he worked on the left eye. And he told us about this procedure that he had learned from Dr. Fontanelli from Italy. And he introduced us. Dr. Fontanelli flew over and met us, and... Um, said, well, we're going to study your case and see if you'll be a candidate. They had three. I was one of them. And uh, in December of last year, uh, we went back down, and they said, we have picked you to be the candidate. I'm 60 years old, and uh, the the other people, they didn't tell us how old they were, uh, but one girl I know was, younger than me. I don't know about the man. But um, I thought, you know, this is this is amazing that a 60-year-old woman, they chose me, and it was wonderful. What is your scope of vision? Can you see pretty well? <laughs> we, went, we just got back uh, Sunday from Miami, and I'm seeing now 20-20. My goodness. And do you, ha- does, does this new eye, this eye tooth tooth eye does it require <laughs> does it require special treatment drops i think eye drops or or you know i'm putting uh i have a, a special salve that I, I put in it and i do have i'm still putting antibiotic drops i don't know how long i'll put those in uh but um i clean it it's just like a, i call it just like a windshield you know you have to clean the lens uh, take a, um, a swab with a, a sterile water, and I clean it. And um, a lot of days, it's I could clean it only twice. Some days, uh, it's according to how much sale or drops I have to put in. Um, I might have to clean it five times a day. But that's okay. I can see. The eye, of course, is not a normal-looking eye. But they're going to make me, it's like a prosthetic lens to go, uh, to fit over the eye, just to protect it and make it look normal. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, Your story is remarkable. You're one of a kind, certainly in this country, literally one of a kind. And I thank you so much for being with us this morning and sharing that story. And best of luck to you. I, I appreciate it, and I thank you so much for, for wanting to get the story out, and I hope it will help other people. I really do. Thank you so much, Sharon K. Thornton. Appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. 
ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.